in the book of Acts, you will know that we have been going through and talking about the start of the church. And I want to let you know that God is faithful. And I also need to say that Sister Tanika is doing an, an, an excellent job. She's doing a series on the gifts during Sunday school. So if any of you have been wanting to know gifts and talk and discussions about what are gifts, what are spiritual gifts, and how does one determine their gifts, it's happening on Sunday mornings. So just to let you know, it's been happening, what, about a month now, Sister Tanika? Amen. Interspersed with Sister, uh, Sister, uh, Sister Michelle teaching as, as well. I encourage you to come out a people perish for lack of knowledge, the Bible says. If you're not making yourself available to Bible study, Sunday school, or one of the two, you are lacking in your growth. I need to say that. If you're not making yourself available, there is a hindrance in your spiritual life. There's no way to grow. The Bible says that the early church met every day. They were in the habit of meeting every day. And in the book of Acts, it even talks about the Bereans that they tested what Paul was saying to make sure that what he was teaching was according to the word of God. And if you're not grounded in the word of God, you'll be swayed by all types of teaching. Somebody comes, whoa, I'm excited. And we'll be running on emotional, on our emotions rather than on the solid word of God. It is time for us to do what the Lord has called us to do. So if you're not making yourself available, I urge you, I encourage you to be in Sunday school or Bible study. If we can stay home and watch TV, we can be at church. <laughs> amen. amen. I'll say amen, fan. Amen. 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 The Lord didn't give his word to sit on the shelf. Thank you. I'm, I'm convinced that God is doing something. I'm convinced of that. There's a lot of people that want to go to school. Be something to go to school and say, I'm not going to class. I just want to go sign up. I'm going to stay at home. No. You need to go to class. Now, I take it that your silence means that you are in agreement with me. <laughs> I want you to stand, <coughs> if you would, if your feet work. Even if you have corns on your feet, just stand on one foot for a moment, please. <laughs> but anybody under 95, please stand. <laughs> Today, we thank you for the privilege of your word, Lord, and we thank you that life <coughs> is in the word. We thank you for the wonderful privilege of your teaching, of your grace, of your mercy, and your kindness, and your glory. Help us today to soak in what you have for us. Help us to carry out what you have for us. Help us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. But may we be about the Lord's business in Jesus' name. As you remain standing, I'm going to read Acts chapter 4 beginning at verse 10. And I'm going to read verses 11 and 12. Acts 4 beginning at verse 10. And it says, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, 
which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. As you continue to stand, I'm going to turn over to Psalms and the book of Psalms and look at Psalm 118. Psalm 118, verse 22 says, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Then I'm going to turn over to Isaiah, chapter 28. Isaiah 28, and read verse 16. 2816 says, so this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. I'm not sure if I like that translation. Someone read it out of a different translation for me. You may be seated. I have my phone, but Brother Jerry had his phone stolen today when he went to the gas station. Went to the gas station, they turned around, went back, it was gone. And, and I tell you, we got, we got some thieves in the world today. You, you, we, 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 we really would like to trust people, but there are some thieves in the world today. Uh, you, you would hope you could lay something down and be okay. I, my, my dad used to have a white Volkswagen, and I think the back panel part was painted red. He would leave his keys in the ignition. Never had that van stolen. Years. Get out. Leave the key right there in the ignition. Years. Never locked the front door to the house. Wouldn't lock the front door. Didn't have to worry about someone stealing. Today, you turn around, go downstairs, come back up, your wallet might be gone. <laughs> so we have to... Remember, I've given as a title, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. My time is already well spent. Let me jump right in. The stock market has tried to sell the world a bill of goods that they, can, that they uh, cannot control. They've tried to sell us things that is outside of their control. Our government has said, put your trust in me and elect me, and I will bring about the changes that we so desperately need. From the highest office of the presidency to the dog catcher, promises are made that cannot be kept nor fulfilled. The confidence that people have placed in other people have not produced everything that one could hope for. Yet, there is one who came to earth from heaven who has never been wrong and who fulfills all of Scripture. His name is Jesus Christ. We're going to look at and deal with one primary point today, and that is Jesus is the cornerstone of the building. It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ that changed the course of history. Uh, um, did, did Bridget go? I wanted to correct Bridget on one thing. Is she gone? Oh, okay, let her know it's not revelations, it's revelation. No S. I heard revelation. Revelation. I'll talk to you later, but I just remember that. So, Sister Nancy, if you would just let her know. I meant to let her know. <laughs> 
Peter uses Old Testament passages of, of Psalm 118.22 in his statement here in four, uh, chapter 4, verse 11. The stone you builders rejected has become, which has become the cornerstone. Peter uses the passage back in the book of Psalms, Psalm 118.22 in his statement. In ancient times when buildings were being constructed, the cornerstone of the building was the first stone of the building to be cut. It was important. It was vital. So when they were constructing a building, the cornerstone was the first stone to be cut. The foundational piece was central and key in how all the other parts of the building were put together. If the building was to be firm and solid, every other part had to conform to that first piece. Builders understood how important the cornerstone was. The other stones of the building were, weren't compared to, the, to, compared to the other stones to get the proper dimensions, but they looked to the cornerstone as the building block, as to ensure the foundation. They looked and, 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 and saw what does the cornerstone look like? What are we to, how are we to build this building? And so the cornerstone was the first piece that was cut. It would be detriment to the building for the builders to reject the cornerstone or not build according to this key piece. It was important that as they looked at the building, that the cornerstone, it looked different than, in all, than all the other parts. It didn't look the same. It would have been to the detriment of those builders to not deal with and to build according to that first piece that they had cut. And so when Peter is bringing this up, it was clear with the builders and the religious leaders that that piece was central. And so Peter uses an analogy of building that they all understood. They understood the significance. They would understand the importance of this piece because without the cornerstone, the building was not structurally sound. In our passage in Acts, Peter says that the very, the very foundation or the cornerstone that every stone depended on had been rejected by the builders. There is a legend that, that says, and I don't know how true it is, but when Solomon was building the temple, and we do know that there were no cutting or hammering when the temple was being constructed on site. It was said that everything was pre done ahead of time, away, and things that were cut and shaped were then brought to the site and the building put together. It is said that there was a massive rock that was placed there. As I was reading a person uh, on the internet, and, I, and, and, he, and he stated that this big rock, they didn't know what to do with it. And as they were constructing the temple, they kept tripping over this rock. Said, what? Oh, it don't seem to fit anywhere. And so what they decided to do was to move it and say, we don't need it. 
So they took this massive stone and rolled it up down the hill to the Kidron Valley to move it out the way. When they constructed the temple, they come to see and said, we're missing a piece. So they called the, the mason, they called the, the people that were the builders and said, we're missing the cornerstone. And he said, we already sent it. And so they then said, ah, oh, that big stone that we rolled over into the Kidron Valley must have been the cornerstone. The building can't be complete without it. We are, we are lacking it. It's empty. So they had to go and get that cornerstone. And it fit, it says, perfectly, according to legend. Now, now it is a good example of when a person tries to build anything outside of the foundation of Jesus Christ. We build our hopes and our dreams on what we want to be in the future. We ask kids, what do you want to be? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a nanny. I want to be whatever it might be. And we try to have those kids' hopes and desires in their thinking to reach to the heights. And so oftentimes when they give it, we say, oh, good, that's wonderful. But how many of the children say, I want to be just like Jesus Christ? I want to be just what God says in the Bible about that woman in chapter 31 of Proverbs. I want to be just like her. I want to be just like one of Jesus' disciples. I, we don't hear that and encourage that. We say, well, why would you want to be that? There's no prestige there. But, oh, there is. Because when one begins to build on the foundation of the Lord... One needs to understand and, and know that when one places their roots in Christ, that everything else works according to the design and the plan that God has set forward in that foundation, which is Christ. Everything in your life that God has planned for you is already predetermined according to where you are in Christ. You venture off and go someplace else? you will find that you're going to have to come right back to that place and get right back on the path. Christ is a solid rock. And so the religious leaders have, have come to a place to where they have killed Christ. They don't want to hear about him. And so the disciples, or the apostle Peter and John, after having healed this man through the power of the Lord, we know that it was Christ, the religious leaders, after having put them in jail, have called them and said, how did you heal this man? And they said, it was because and through Jesus Christ. It was the very ones that you rejected. The very one that the Old Testament prophets uh, uh, told the children, was talking to the children of Israel, trying to get them to turn from their ways. It was that rock back in Isaiah, back in Psalm. It was the rock that the builders rejected that has become the central piece in the building, the foundation. And it is by this one that this man stands here. And so as Peter is relating this to them, they understood clearly. They knew what he was talking about. They knew the importance of that central piece, the cornerstone. If you don't have a good foundation, your building is going to begin to have cracks down the road. In our place and Pentonbrona Park, as the ground shifts and shakes, 
and moves. We can see a little, in our room, a little hairline crack. It's no good of just patching the crack. There's a problem with the foundation. You see, one of the problems that we run into is that when you begin to build your desires and hopes on the foundation that is not on Christ, you don't just suffer a little bit. You, settle, you oftentimes suffer total destruction and devastation. Why? The reason deals with the fact that when you begin to build, you been, then begin to build everything on what you have established. You began to spend your time, your money, your energy, your plans, all your things that you have, that you want, you put into the foundation. You put your years. Everything goes into that foundation. Years down the road, when that foundation begins to move or shift, you'll notice there's a crack there. You notice that, wait a minute, how did that get there? I thought this foundation was solid. But the problem is that the foundation already had holes from the very beginning. And when we began to put all of our hopes and all of our plans in that, that means we have put our sweat, blood, money, everything into that foundation. But it wasn't Christ. And when the destructions of the problems come, we suffer great loss because of all the time that we have spent there. It would even be better, actually, if your foundation failed at the very beginning because actually you wouldn't suffer as much. Even if the foundation at the very beginning, oh, man, I see a crack, we've got to start over, but you're only at the foundation. That could be easy, more easily repaired than after years down the road. And so when the religious leaders had placed all of their hopes on something else and they didn't place their trust in the Lord, their, their, their desires, their hopes, their plans, they thought they were put in the Lord, but it wasn't something else because they rejected Jesus, who was the cornerstone. If Christ is not the cornerstone on which you are building, you're going to suffer loss. If Christ is not the one in whom you are depending, you're going to suffer loss. You're going to be thinking, how, how, how did I get to this state? How come I'm, I'm here? Because the foundation was not what it should have been. You were building on an insecure foundation. I want you to turn quickly to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, I'm going to read verses 33 through 34. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Today, but Matthew 21, verse 33 through 34, I'm going to read it out of the NIV here that I have. And it begins and says, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time. And the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. 
But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scripture the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. This parable depicts all of those who were the prophets from the Old Testament, including John the Baptist uh, from the New Testament. It included all of them. Uh, this, these tenants, that these, this, this, this vine dresser, as he rented it out, <laughs> one would think that they would respect the ones who would come to ask for the crop, a portion of the crop for the owner. But they killed and misused them. They beat some, stoned some, killed some. And the more that he sent, they got treated the same way. Until he finally says, I'm going to send my only son. For sure they're going to respect him because they know that he's my son. And they said, here comes the son. Let's kill him. And then the inheritance will be ours. Jesus himself uses the scripture from Psalm 118.22. And you can also reference Isaiah 28, 6 to refer to this passage as to himself. He goes back to Psalm 118 and uses this as his quote. The religious leaders fail to understand that you can't inherit the kingdom of God by rejecting the king of the kingdom, who is Jesus Christ. You can't have a firm foundation without Christ. When the world says, we want peace, let's pray for peace. You can't have peace without Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. Why? Because they're building on a foundation that's not of Christ. They're building on sand, shifting sand. Anything you build on that's not Christ is going to fall. Anything that you build your hopes and desires on will eventually fall. Today, there are too many people, even in church, building on something other than Jesus Christ. We're building on our money. We're building on our alcohol, our cars. We're building on sex. We're building on everything. That's not of Christ. The Lord says it's going to fall. The Lord says, I'm giving time to repent. It's going to fall. The foundation is shaky. Christ says, I am the cornerstone. But they rejected the cornerstone. 
The Jewish people were given the privilege of partnering with God to bring salvation to the world. Their rejection of the cornerstone led to the Apostle Paul being used to go to the Gentiles and God saving them and using a marvelous a group outside of the chosen ones to bring about salvation. Paul went to the Gentiles. They were to be used. The Jewish nation was to be used. To be used to bring salvation to the world. It wasn't because of what they had done, but they began to build on a foundation other than Jesus Christ. The Lord says, when I'm rejected, I will reject you and go to another people. And so Paul goes to the Gentiles, to a people that was not even in the flock. Even today, as Sister Tanika was reading, even the woman that, was, that came to receive a, a healing of, for her daughter from the Lord. And the Lord says it's not proper to give the, the food to the dogs. He says, yet, but even the, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. The Lord says, I haven't even seen this kind of faith. Even in Israel. So she understands. So the Lord heals. Quickly turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Beginning at verse 19. Verses, verse 19 and verse 20. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners. This is Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus. And strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And let me just say this as I bring this to a conclusion for today. I'm not done, but I've got to bring it to a close. There's a cornerstone, but what there's also we have to define is there's the chief, what we're talking about, what's called the chief cornerstone. As we've been saying on Cornerstone, just want to make sure we understand the chief cornerstone, as I've been saying, that central piece, that piece that's cut first, that sets that building in place. The chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Muhammad is not. Harry Krishna is not. Joseph Smith is not. Charles Taz Russell is not. I don't care what people say. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Amen. You ain't got to back away from anybody. Yes, we need to be, Lord, we need to be wise in how we approach, but we don't back away from the fact that it's through Christ that we're saved. And then in cha in, back in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Verse 12. It says salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's no other name under heaven. No other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. You serve the greatest king. Your foundation is sure in Christ. What are you building on? Is he your chief cornerstone? Or something else your chief cornerstone? What are you building on? Is your foundation solid? 
If it's not, it will crumble. You will suffer loss if you put in all your time and investment in a foundation that's already got cracks. If you bought a house and knew the foundation was bad, you say, you didn't tell me about this. I want my money back. I want it fixed. Tear down. Do something. You got to do something. You expect to get what you pay for. Well, we are getting what we pay for when we build outside of Jesus Christ. You realize that, right? The foundation has already been set. You don't have to guess about it. You don't have to go and search for it or him. He's made himself available. He is the chief cornerstone. Aren't you glad that God had a plan for your life? That he included you to be a part of the stones, those lively stones that make up the building, and your position is according to that chief cornerstone, and you've been set in place based on that cornerstone of Jesus Christ. You're not compared to other stones. Can you imagine people comparing themselves to other stones? I want to be just like that person. What they got. What, what, I, you're looking at the wrong stone. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. You, you don't look at that stone for your example. You don't look at that stone to set your foundation. You don't look at that stone to be a part of the building. You look at the chief cornerstone. You build on him. The Lord used Peter's words that upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is the church that God has set. And then dad was all, my dad would always say, if you're either in the church or you're in the world, there is no in between. It's one or the other.